So does your career energize you with life or does it drain you? Recent Gallup polls show that a whopping 70% of us feel disengaged in the workplace. There's just gotta be a better way. Welcome to our authentic careers where it is my job to uncover the ideas and strategies that can help you become better aligned with your career. I'm your host, Gert Sabar, and I interview people like you and me about the twists and turns in their career paths so that we can all achieve greater clarity, meaning, and fulfillment in ours. So firstly, Jocelyn, thank you for, um, for agreeing to share your journey. My pleasure. Question number one for you, Jocelyn, do you ever think about the concept of purpose or mission or what it is I'm meant to be doing here on this planet? <laughs> That's just so funny because that is absolutely a thought that that's always part of my my thinking and that I'm a big believer in synchronicity and I believe that I found my purpose or better yet that it found me. Yeah. There there I don't believe in accidents. I believe that everything happens as it should and the reason I say that affirmatively is because there's no way that somebody growing up in Washington Heights would end up being somebody who teaches people how to prepare to talk to reporters without there being some kind of rhythm or purpose or, you know, true calling. Yeah. So I, I fundamentally believe that. I love that. And what, um, so how do you today describe that purpose to yourself? Sure. Yeah. Well, so I, um, what, what I do mostly is talk to other people about it because this is something I believe in my being, right? Like I, I'm, 100% convinced that, as I said earlier, that I am living my purpose. And yeah. so when I'm talking to other folks, I say that, you know, I, growing up in New York City, I, you know, I, as an 80s kid, grew up watching a lot of TV or grew up with TV. And I remember watching shows like Oprah Winfrey and new shows and thinking, man, I want to work in communications, but not really knowing how to get there, right? Yep. And uh, and so then, as an undergrad, I decided that the best approach would be to study media studies, and so that's where the passion, that that's where it all came to be. Yeah, I remember having this really dynamic professor who was a communications, a human communications professor, and uh, and she would speak to us about the nuances of language, and not just you know what you said verbally, but your nonverbal communication. And, uh, and all of that really resonated with me. And so when I'm talking to folks about how I ended up doing this, I can tell you that sitting in that class back, you know, junior year, uh, when I was an undergrad, just feeling like, wow, this is it. This is what I want to do. This is, I don't know how I'm going to get there, but this is what I'm going to do. That's amazing. And, uh, yeah, and so it all just kind of, that's where it started. So Jocelyn, let me ask you this question from another angle. Are you today in your career where you thought you would be when you were younger? No, because I didn't know that this kind of job existed. Yeah. I remember having a, a call with, um, you know, when I was recruited to work at the big firm where I actually ended up getting my start and built my career. When the HR person called me, she said, well, you know, there's this opportunity and it's working with trainers and I and I laughed because I thought well I don't understand how that even applies to communications or you know to public relations and so then she went on to explain that training is a very core thing in PR and that without training spokespeople aren't prepared for answering questions right and so you know I always just thought well you know somebody wants to interview you you 
answer questions and you do it, you know, extemporaneously. Right. But the reality is, is that you have to prepare because without preparation, the story can shift and then it becomes not the story that you want to tell, but the story that the interviewer wants to tell. For the benefit of the listeners, Jocelyn, sure. can you tell me what it is that you do today? Yes. So I am a communications trainer. And what that entails is I help people speak persuasively. Yep. And so my, my clients are large firms. They are executives who work at these large firms. They are celebrities sometimes. They are anybody who needs to prepare for a high stakes or even, you know, just to prepare their presentation skills, somebody who needs to learn how to incorporate all the, you know, the facets of what they do succinctly and in a way that is engaging so that their audience can stick with them throughout the presentation or talk. Do you remember what was the earliest idea you had of what you wanted to be when you grew up? Sure, absolutely. That brings me back to where we started when we were talking about watching Oprah and yeah. me growing up watching TV. I remember thinking, wow, I want to work within TV because I, I saw women like Oprah Winfrey and also I remember watching news and there was a, the local TV reporter was Roz Abrams or TV host. And yep. so I used to just watch her and think, my goodness, this is what a dynamic lady. And, you know, these were not just women who were in power, but they were also women of color. And that was especially important to me because, you know, seeing myself as, you know, as a, as a kid growing up in, you know, a very urban area in New York, not really knowing how, you know, I could make my mark into that kind of industry. It was yeah. really fascinating to see these women as role models. Was that first idea when you saw them as a role model, as role models, did you imagine being in front of the screen? In front of the camera? I did. I absolutely did. I, I thought that that's where I would end up. Yeah. But, um, but, you know, so what happened after college was I ended up taking uh, or working within PR, but working within – so I, I'd done several internships and uh, and then eventually made my way into working in the music industry because I also had, a, you know, a major passion for music. Yeah. And did that for about a year and a half and then, again, didn't feel fulfilled. So I knew that there was something else and I had the benefit of being young. And so, you know, I was able to shift onto a different career. And so that led me to advertising, which let's face it, most New Yorkers at some point end up working with NPR right. advertising. <laughs> so I worked in advertising for about two years and once again thought, my goodness, I, I like this. I like the firm that I work for, but this isn't, I don't feel like I am complete. Like I feel like there's, I felt like there was something that was really missing because as I said to you earlier, Gur, I was so incredibly passionate about human communication yeah. and, uh, and the media. And, uh, and like I said, so when I got that call from the HR person, it was, it was like all the stars had just magically aligned. So it yeah. brings me back to what I mentioned earlier when, when I talked about purpose and synchronicity. I, how could that have happened if it wasn't because this was something I was supposed to be doing? So here I was answering this call from this, you know, this HR person who was saying, look, there's, um, there's an opportunity to work for a large PR firm, for our firm, and it's to help coordinate yep. uh, communications training sessions. And, uh, and so that led me to working at the firm. And, 
And it wasn't just that this was the right job for me to be at. It was also that I had the most incredible mentor who, uh, who was my boss. Yep who decided that if I was going to sell the business to clients, I really needed to have a, an understanding for the way it worked. And so we had the luxury of having a, you know, a mock TV studio. And, yep. uh, and so here we go again, right? So now I'm seeing what, you know, this, this dream that I'd had as a kid has now sort of, you know, materialized, and now I'm seeing it but from the other side. Right. And so I was then able to watch, you know, my colleagues conduct training sessions and learn from them what worked and what didn't. And, uh, and it was an on-the-job training to become a trainer. And I, and I have to say that, you know, I knew that I was at the right place. I didn't know that I would become a trainer because right. I think, unfortunately, what tends to happen with a lot of women, and I'm guilty of this, is that we think, oh, but that'll never happen for us, you know? So this is what I want to do, but, but I don't know how that's ever going to happen. And, uh, and, and that's where, you know, purpose plays a huge role because as long as the passion's there, then your purpose will develop. It'll, it'll happen for you yeah. as long as you believe. Along the way, your, your music career, um, advertising agency, you said the right. words didn't feel fulfilled, uh, didn't feel mm. complete. Can you tell mm. me about what, what do those things feel like? Sure. That's, um, you know, so there was a lot of excitement and energy in working within music. I worked for the, the gentleman who was the agent to acts like Billy Joel, Motley Crue, Metallica. Yep. And so I, I had access to all of these like really great shows, but the industry was very much dominated. It was a very male dominated industry and, uh, and it did not feel like there would be an opportunity for me to grow there. Yep. And despite the fact that I loved it and I loved being able to go to shows for free and, you know, and, and have access to, to that that world that I never thought I'd have access to, it, it didn't seem like a career in music was going to materialize for me. And again, you know, I think that because of the, the level of passion that I felt when I was an undergrad and studying and studied human communications, that, you know, I, I wasn't able to replicate that with music. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, and the same is true for advertising. It, you know, it was a fun place to be, but it, it was just fun, and yeah, sure, there was a lot of work, but it didn't connect. The dots weren't connecting for me, yeah. and so yeah. I, um, you know, a little divine intervention or the universe, whatever it is you want to call it, yep. you know, I yep. call it synchronicity and my calling and purpose. When you're waking up to go to those jobs, what is the feeling that you're having yeah, that sure. tells you I'm just not in the right place or I'm not doing the right thing? When it just feels like work, then it is yes. not your purpose, right? Yep. So I, when I'm walking into a training session, I, I'm so jazzed, I'm so excited. It doesn't feel like work. It is, you know, it feels, it feels like I am helping because, in, you know, that's what my job is. Yep. I will work with someone who may or may not feel that they are ready to talk to reporters, but I can guarantee them and you that by the time they leave me, they do feel prepared because that's my job. And so imagine having a job, right, or a career where you get fruition at the end of a yep. four-hour session or a full day. 
And I, I have that. So how do you not feel excited about getting that opportunity regularly? When you're walking away from that day of training somebody, what, how would you describe that feeling? What is the feeling that you're having? Yeah, so it's, it's excitement and feeling like I made a difference. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, I'm incredibly fortunate. I am doing what I'm meant to be doing. Yeah. I am incredibly in love with what I do, which unfortunately a lot of people don't get to say, but I can say it quite easily and readily. Yeah. And, uh, and I will be doing this, you know, for the rest of my days. And an experimental question here, but if you were to say, you know, what, what part of Jocelyn is getting expressed so well in this path of yours? What, what, what would it be? It's, it's, the ability to help others. There's yeah. uh, there's something really deep within me that wants to feel like I am making a contribution to something, and yeah. uh, and that's really important to me. Love that. And where do you think that comes from? Well, I think it comes from growing up in. So I, my formative years, I spent in Washington Heights in New York. But early on, I lived in Brooklyn with. Uh, you know, my family was. We owned a, a house that had two floors, so it was a two-family dwelling, but it was this big house, and uh, my cousins lived downstairs, and, you know, my siblings and I lived upstairs with our parents, and there was a big sense of community in there, right? So we were all, you know, together, and we all had to share, and we all had to help each other, and fitting in was incredibly important for me, being the youngest, and uh, and so being helpful was the easiest way for me to fit in with the, the older kids. And so, um, Jocelyn, can you give me a sense of what it is uh, your parents did or do? Sure. So my uh, my parents were, you know, blue-collar folks. My dad was a mechanic. He's retired. And my mom had been a seamstress. And uh, and she's no longer with us. But, yeah, so she they were both, you know, hardworking yeah. you know, immigrants. And can you tell me what impact you think they had on your career decision-making process, either explicitly or implicitly throughout the years? Well, I always have their support. And the thing that I remember most about being a kid is always turning to them whenever I had something that was worrying me. Maybe it was something about school and having them say to me, don't worry, it's going to be okay. So it's this sense of positivity that has always been a a part of my life because it was ingrained in me as a kid that there was a solution to everything. And that's how I live my life. And that's because of them. On a scale of zero to 10, where zero is a total non-issue and 10 Mm -hmm. is a big, dark, gloomy shadow, how large a (laughs) shadow would you say that financial considerations have had over your career path to date? I, I would say... Three, not weighing heavily. I, okay. You know, the, the jobs that I ended up taking, I took because I thought they made sense. And, uh, and, and they made sense based on the place that I was in my life, right? Yeah. So when you're younger, you know, you're just, right, you're, you're in, you, you've just been introduced into the workforce, but you're not expecting to make a ton of money in the beginning. And so I was really practical about the kind of money I would make as a young person. Thinking back on your career to date and thinking back on your friends and family and colleagues throughout the years, has there been a consistent thread in the type of counsel that or advice that people have sought from you? Yeah, I think that that's 
absolutely true. It's, you know, people come to me when they need some support, you know, when they need somebody to tell them that it's going to be okay and that they should believe in who they are and what they're doing. Yeah. Back to what I said earlier, it, it's every everything, you know, points back to being a kid and having my folks be that for me. And so I am that for not just my friends, but for my clients and for everybody, yeah. you know, who, who talks to me. Yeah, and so what do you make of that, of being that type of resource for folks? I love it. I mean, it, it's back to purpose. It's it's what I'm. I believe I'm meant to be doing. I'm supposed to be helping folks. I'm supposed to, you know, help people see beyond their fears and insecurities because that's what was done for me. Yeah, and is there any part of you that ever, you know, when you think about just offering that type of counsel to folks? Uh, and making that a job versus media training. You know, it's funny because, so I mentioned to you that communications was always something that I was, you know, interested in. But but I didn't say that before I got into or before I took that class and declared my major, I thought that I would be a psychologist. And uh, and so, count, you know, counseling has, has played a role, right? Yeah. So go figure, right? right. I, I thought that I was going to school for, you know, potentially psychology, took my first psychology class, and then thought, nope, this isn't for me. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's funny. So yeah, I'm a counselor. If you were going to take psychology classes, what was it that initially led you in that direction? Why, why did you think that? Once, you know, once more, I have to say it's because of the, you know, my... I guess, innate ability to help people, you know, to, yep. to talk to them, to make them feel better about themselves. That's, that's always been something I've, I've always been, you know, good at and have always done because it just comes from, it comes naturally. It's not something I have to work real hard at. Yeah. And so looking back today, is there any part of you that wants to go back down that path? No, not at all. Like I said, I am crazy about what I do. I, I want to do it for the rest of my days. I, yep. I don't believe in accidents. What would you say has been the biggest aggravation of your professional journey to date? I can't say that there have been because, or there is one, in that because I get to do what I love to do, it doesn't matter who it's for or it it, it doesn't, like, no, nothing really matters because I get to do what I love doing. And so yeah. maybe the 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 most, and this is really minute, but like maybe working with somebody who doesn't want to go through training, who isn't going to take it seriously. Yeah. Once in my career, I worked with these two young comedians who were promoting a brand and they just were not passionate. They were passionate about getting checks, but right. they weren't passionate about, you know, their job or what they needed to do. And so that was a little, that, and that was like the only time I had had an issue because, as I said before, they weren't passionate. So yep. you have to be passionate. I'm not interested in working with someone who doesn't want to correct something or isn't open to learning. And then relatedly, Jocelyn, are there any career decisions that today, looking back, you would somehow choose to undo or redo? No. No, because I think that everything leads to where you're supposed to be. And, uh, you know, maybe all of this is sounding super religious, but, but it isn't. It's, 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 again, it's back to purpose yep. and synchronicity and, and energy. And, uh, and so now, no regrets. Nothing, there's no way I can get to where I am without all the other things that have happened in my life. I just don't see that happening.
No, that makes a lot of sense. And then um, jumping back to this idea of synchronicity and purpose and things happening for a reason, when when would you say you first got to that perspective? Well, I think the you know the clear answer is when I got that call. When I got that call from the HR person at uh-huh. the firm saying, "Hey, there's this job, and it's to work within training," and uh, and then she explained what that meant. But is that that's the first time that the idea of synchronicity came into your mind? Yeah, I mean, I was, you know, I was 25 years old yep. and uh, you know, I hadn't really spent much time thinking about, you know, that kind of thing or purpose or any of that. I, you know, I I just knew at that point that I really enjoyed working within communications and I wanted to apply that somehow. What would you tout as your career highlight? I mean, I think that that's that's probably the hardest thing to answer because it uh for me it's all great you know there there's always as i said you know there's always fruition in every training session that i conduct i never walk away from a session feeling like oh wow that didn't work out right so i can see immediate differences in the articles i read or in the interviews i watch post training sessions so i that's a tougher one to nail down because but, you know, as I said, what I do, I love so much, and, um, and and it just all becomes, you know, this one thing of, like, passion and, uh, and purpose. Last question here, Jocelyn. Um, knowing what you know today, how would you advise your younger self? Keep doing what you're doing. You're doing fine. Love it. Simple to the point. Yeah, jo- Jocelyn Martinez, thank you for a <laughs> fantastic conversation and being so forthright about it. It was my pleasure, girl. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Our Authentic Careers with me, your host, Gert Sabar. If you like what you just heard, I hope you'll let your family, friends, and colleagues know all about this little podcast. And since it's early days here at the OAC, your rating, and especially your review of the show on iTunes would also be hugely helpful and very much appreciated. If you think you or someone you know would be a great guest, please, 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 please don't hesitate to reach out at ourauthenticcareers.com.